أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم فتعالى الله الملك الحق ولا تعجل بالقرآن من قبل أن يقضى إليك وحيه وقل رب زدني علما بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم والصلاة والسلام على سيدنا المرسلين سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين أما بعد السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته Every time you say salams, I want to say وعليكم السلام <laughs> And welcome to the Peaceful Wisdom Islamic Podcast Yep uh, Thank you for, you know, tuning in Clicking in Signing in Signing in That'd be kind of well, cool just, if they could tune in on on the on the computer. Well, let's just like pretend we're time. on the radio. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in this week. This is podcast number two of our weekly podcast and reminders. I kind of wanted to touch base with something before we get into what we're doing. Regular um, program. Yeah, our regular program today is our intention. So, again, I'm Rena. I'm Yusby. And I'm the mother. I'm the daughter. And I am a revert. I became Muslim in 2005-ish. And my daughter was five or six at the time. And, of course, I raised her to be Muslim. This podcast is not a place of, like, for example, necessarily classes or lessons where you would sit down with people of knowledge and ulama. This is more of your family getting together and sitting down and studying and reading together and then talking of how we can benefit from what we just read. Mm -hmm. I know for me, I can't talk for Yasmin, but for me, I see a lot of reminders out there that may not be based on Quran and Sunnah, the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, based on Hadith and I figured if we can at least try to bring out some authentic Islam out there, not saying not everything is authentic, but if we could, you know, be able to be that little drop in a bucket to help other people to find Islam based on Quran and Sunnah, to learn Islam based on Quran and Sunnah, to be reminded of Islam based on Quran and Sunnah, then, you know, that would just be a barakah for us and inshallah barakah for you all and quite frankly the prophet said that you will not taste the sweetness of faith until you want for your brother or sister islam what you want for yourself and i know for me personally that if i was falling into mistakes if i was in need of a reminder or so on and so forth i would hope that there would be somebody there to do so and so i pray that this can be a benefit for the ummah and any mistakes you see in us or anything, there's many ways of contacting us. You know, and let's have a conversation. Let's talk about it. I was thinking about having a po- uh, like on Facebook, putting our podcast so people can also maybe post what they benefited from it and or maybe learned. request some other topics or something like that. <clears throat> you know, but open communic- conversation, even though we have so many avenues to communicate yeah i feel like we <laughs> are so isolated yeah you know i feel too like 
you became Muslim in 2005, mm. and I compare what is available for Muslims now, especially Muslim children, mm. just growing up Muslim. And I was like, you know what? Nothing really has changed. Right. Nothing really has changed. Yeah. And it's unfortunate. And the way that we were raised in, you know, you see a wrong, you try to fix it. Yeah. And, and well, in Islam also, you see a wrong, you try to fix it. And mm-hmm. so we, we're not trying to, we don't want to sit here and complain about it. Let's try to fix it. Yeah, exactly. So here we are. Yep. Doing whatever little part that we can. And so I just wanted to clarify that intention that and we're just here to be like a sister in Islam, reminding you as I remind myself. Inshallah. Inshallah. So if you're new here, a regular program is that we read from a book called Riyadh Salihin. And today's chapter is chapter of repentance. Tell yeah. part two. Abdullah ibn Kab, who served as the guide of Kab ibn Malik, when he became blind, narrated. I heard Kab ibn Malik narrating the story of his remaining behind instead of joining the messenger of Allah وسلم, when he left for the battle of Tabuk. Kab said, I accompanied the messenger of Allah وسلم, in every expedition which he undertook except the battle of Tabuk and the battle of Badr. As for the battle of Badr, Nobody was blamed for remaining behind as the Messenger of Allah and the Muslims, when they set out, had a mind only to intercept the caravan of the Quraysh. Allah made them confront their enemies unexpectedly. I had the honor of being with the Messenger of Allah on the night of Aqaba when we pledged our allegiance to Islam and it was dearer to me than participating in the Battle of Badr. Although Badr was more well known among the people than that. And this is the account of my staying behind from the Battle of Tabuk. I never had better means and more favorable circumstances than at the time of this expedition. And by Allah, I had never before possessed two riding camels as I did during the time of this expedition. Whenever the Messenger of Allah decided to go on a campaign, he would not disclose his real destination till the last moment of departure. But on this expedition, he set out in extremely hot weather. The journey was long and the terrain was waterless desert, and he had to face a strong army. So he informed the Muslims about the actual position, so they should make full preparation for this campaign. And the Muslims who accompanied the Messenger of Allah at that time were in a large number, but no proper record of them was maintained. Kaab further said, Few were the persons who chose to remain absent, believing that they could easily hide themselves, and thus remain undetected unless revelation from Allah the Exalted and the Glorious revealed relating to them. And the Messenger of Allah وسلم, set out on this expedition when the fruit was ripe and their shade was sought. I had a weakness for them, and it was during the season that Messenger of Allah وسلم, and the Muslims made preparations. I also would set out in the morning to make preparations along with them, but would come back having done nothing, and said to myself, I have means enough to make preparations as soon as I like. And I went on doing this, postponing my preparations till the time of departure came, and it was in the morning that the Messenger of Allah set out along with the Muslims, but I made no preparations. I would go early in the morning and come back, 
but with no decision, also known as procrastination. I went on doing so until they, the Muslims, hastened and covered a good deal of distance. Then I wished to march on and join them. Would that I had done that, but perhaps it was not destined for me. After the departure of the Messenger of Allah وسلم, whenever I went out, I was grieved to find no good example to follow, but confirmed hypocrites or weak people whom Allah had exempted from marching forth in battle. Messenger of Allah وسلم, made no mention of me until he reached Tabuk. While he was sitting with the people in Tabuk, he said, What happened to Ka'b ibn Malik? A person from Banu Salima said, O Messenger of Allah, the beauty of his cloak and appreciation of his finery may have detained him. Upon this, Mu'adh bin Jabal radiallahu anhu admonished him and said to the Messenger of Allah وسلم, By Allah, we know nothing about him but good. Messenger of Allah وسلم, however kept quiet. At that time, he, the Prophet وسلم, saw a person dressed in white and said, Be Abu Khafema. And it was Abu Khaifama al-Ansari, was the person who had contributed a sa' of dates and was ridiculed by the hypocrites. Ka'b and Mamalik further said, When the news reached me that the Messenger of Allah وسلم, was on his way back from Tabuk, I was greatly distressed. I thought of fabricating an excuse and asked myself how I could save myself from his anger the next day. In this connection, I sought the counsels of every prudent member of my family. And when I was told that the Messenger of Allah وسلم, was about to arrive, all the wicked ideas vanished from my mind. And I came to the conclusion that nothing but the truth could save me. So I decided to tell him the truth. It was in the morning that the Messenger of Allah وسلم, arrived in Al-Madinah. And it was his habit that whenever he came back from a journey, he would first go to the masjid and perform two raka'at of optional prayer and then sit with the people. When he sat, those who had remained behind began to put forward their excuses and take an oath before him. They were more than 80 in number. The Messenger of Allah وسلم, accepted their excuses, the very face of them, and accepted their allegiance and sought forgiveness for them, and left their insights to Allah, until I appeared before him. I greeted him, and he smiled. There was a tinge of anger in that. He then said to me, Come forward. I went forward and I sat in front of him. He said to me, what kept you back? Could you not afford to go in for a ride? I said, O Messenger of Allah, by Allah, if I was to sit before anyone else, a man of the world, I would have definitely saved myself from his anger on one pretext or, of the, or the other. And I have a gifted skill in argumentation. But by Allah, I am fully aware that if I were to put forward before you a lame excuse to please you, Allah would definitely provoke your wrath upon me. In case I speak the truth, you may be angry with me, but I hope that Allah would be pleased with me and accept my repentance. By Allah, there is no valid excuse for me. By Allah, I never possessed so good means, and I never had such favorable conditions for me as I had when I stayed behind. Thereupon, the Messenger of Allah said, This man spoke the truth. So get up and wait until Allah gives a decision about you. I left, and some people of Banu Salima followed me. They said to me, By Allah, we do not know that you committed this sin before. You, however, showed inability to put forward an excuse before the Messenger of Allah like those who stayed behind him. It would have been enough for him, for the forgiveness of your sin that the Messenger of Allah 
would have sought forgiveness for you. By Allah, they kept on reproaching me until I thought of going back to the Messenger of Allah and retracting my confession. Then I said to them, Has anyone else met the same fate? They said, Yes, two persons have met the same fate. They made the same statements as you did, and the same verdict was delivered in their case. I asked, Who are they? They said, Murara ibn Arabiya al-Amiri and Hilal ibn Umayya al-Waqafi. They mentioned these two pious men who had taken part in the Battle of Badr, and there was an example for me and them. I was confirmed in my original resolve. The Messenger of Allah وسلم, prohibited the Muslims to talk to the three of us from amongst those who had stayed behind. The people began to avoid us, and their attitude towards us changed, and it seemed as if the whole atmosphere had turned against us. And it was in fact the same atmosphere of which I was fully aware and in which I had lived for a fairly long time. We spent 50 nights in this very state and my two friends confined themselves within their homes and spent most of their time weeping. As I was the youngest and the strongest, I would leave my home, attend the congressional salat and move about in the bazaars, but none would speak to me. I would come to the Messenger of Allah وسلم, as he sat amongst the people after the Salat, greet him, and I would ask myself whether or not his lips had moved in response to my greetings. Then I would perform a Salat near him and look at him stealthily. When I finished my Salat, he would look at me. And when I would cast a glance at him, he would turn away his eyes from me. When the harsh treatment of the Muslims uh, the Muslims to me continued for a considerable length of time, I walked and I climbed upon the wall of the garden of Abu Qatada, who was my cousin, and I had a great love for him. I greeted him, but by Allah, he did not answer my greeting. I said to him, O Abu Qatada, I adjure you in the name of Allah. Are you not aware that I love Allah and his messenger? I asked him the same question again. And he remained silent. I again adjured him, whereupon he said, Allah and his messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, know better. My eyes were filled with tears, and I came back climbing down from the wall. As I was walking the bazaars of Al-Medina, a man from the Syrian peasants who had come to sell food grain in Al-Medina asked people to direct him to Kaab ibn Malik. People pointed towards me. He came to me and delivered a letter from the king of Hassan. And as I was a scribe, I read the letter whose purport was, It has been conveyed to us that your friend, the Prophet ﷺ, was treating you harshly. Allah has not created you a place where you are to be degraded and where you cannot find your right place. So come to us and we shall receive you graciously. As I read the letter, I said, This is too a trial. Put it to fire in an oven. When forty days had elapsed, the Messenger of Allah وسلم, received no revelation. There came to me a messenger from the Messenger of Allah and said, Verily the Messenger of Allah has commanded you keep away from your wife. I said, Should I divorce her or what else should I do? He said, No, but keep away from her and have no relation with her. The same message was sent to my companions. So I said to my wife, you better go to your parents and stay with the, there with them until Allah gives a decision in my case. The wife of Hilal ibn Umayyah came to the Messenger of Allah وسلم, and said, O Messenger of Allah, Hilal ibn Umayyah is a senile man and has no servant. Do you disapprove if I serve him? 
He said, no, but do not let him have any relation with you. She said, by Allah, he has no desire of it. By Allah, he has been in tears since the calamity struck him. The members of my family said to me, you should have sought permission from the messenger of Allah in regard to your wife. He has allowed the wife of Halal ibn Umayyad to serve him. I said, I would not seek permission from the messenger of Allah for I do not know what the messenger of Allah might say in my response as I am a young man. I was in the state that spent 10 more nights and thus 50 days had passed since people boycotted us and gave up talking to us. After I had offered the, my Fajr prayer on the early morning of the 50th day of this boycott on the roof of one of our houses, I and had sat in the very state which Allah described, the earth seemed constrained for me despite its vastness. I heard the voice of a proclaimer from the, from the peak of the hill of Sal, shouting at the top of his lungs, O Kab! O Kab! Kab and Mamelik, rejoice! I fell down in prostration and came to know that there was a message of relief for me. The Messenger of Allah وسلم, had informed the people about the, the acceptance of a repentance by Allah after he had offered the Fajr prayer. So the people went on to give us glad tidings and some of them went to my companions in order to give them the glad tidings. A man spurred his horse towards me to give me the good news and another man from the tribe of Aslam came running from the same, from the same purpose. And as he approached the mount, I received the good news which, which reached me before the rider did. And when the one whose voice I had heard came to me to congratulate me, I took off my garment and gave, it, gave them to him for the good news he brought to me. By Allah, I possessed nothing else in the former clothes except for those garments at the time. Then I borrowed two garments, dressed myself, and came to the Messenger of Allah wasallam. On my way, I met two groups of people who greeted me for, the, for acceptance of repentance. And they said, congratulations for the acceptance of your tawbah, your repentance. I reached the masjid where the Prophet wasallam was sitting amidst the people. Talha ibn Ubaidullah got up and rushed towards me, shook hands with me, and greeted me. By Allah, no person stood up to greet me from amongst the muhajireen besides him. Kaab said that he never forgot this good gesture from of Talha. Kaab further said, I greeted the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam with assalamu alaykum, and his face was beaming with pleasure. He said, Rejoice with the best day you have ever seen since your mother gave you birth. I said, O Messenger of Allah, is this good news from you or from Allah? He said, No, it is from Allah. And it was common with the Messenger of Allah that whenever he was happy, his face would glow as if it was a part of the moon. And it was from this that we recognized, we recognized his delight. As I sat before him, I said, I have placed a condition upon myself that if Allah accepts my tawbah, my repentance, I would give up all my property and charity for the sake of Allah and his messenger. Thereupon the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, keep some of your property with you as it is better for you. I said, I shall keep with me a portion which is in Khaybar. I added, O messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, verily Allah has granted me salvation because of my truthfulness. Therefore, repentance obliges me to speak nothing but the truth as long as I am alive. Kaab added, By Allah, I do not know anyone among the Muslims who had been 
who had been granted truthfulness better than me since I said this to the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. By Allah, since the time I made uh, made this ple- a pledge of this to the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, I have never intended to tell a lie. And I hope that Allah would protect me against telling lies for the rest of my life. Allah the Exalted and the Glorious revealed this verse. Allah has forgiven the Prophet ﷺ, the Muhajirin and the immigrant and the Ansar, the immigrants, who left their homes and came to Al Madina, and the Ansar Muslims of Al Madina who followed him, the Prophet ﷺ, in the time of distress Tabuk expedition, after the hearts of a party of them had nearly deviated from the right path, but he accepted their repentance. Certainly he is not he is unto unto them full of kindness, most merciful. And he did forgive also the three who did not join the Tabuk expedition, whose case was deferred by the Prophet ﷺ for Allah's decision, till for them the earth, vast as it is, was straightened and their own selves had been straightened to them, and they perceived that there is no fleeing from Allah and no refuge but with him. Then he forgave them and accepted their repentance, that they might for his pardon and repent unto him. Verily, Allah is the one who forgives and accepts repentance, most merciful. O you who believe, be afraid of Allah and be and be with those who are in true in words and deeds. Kaab said, By Allah, since Allah guided me to Islam, there has been no blessing more significant to me than the truth of mine, which I spoke to the Messenger of Allah. And if I were to tell a lie, I would have been ruined as were ruined those who had, told, who had told lies. For Allah described those who told lies with the worst description he ever attributed to anybody else as he sent down the revelation. They will swear by Allah to you, o Mus- to you Muslims when you return to them, that you may turn away from them. So turn away from them, surely they are rujisun, najisun, impure because of their evil deeds. And hell is their dwelling place and recompense for that which they used to be used to earn. They, the hypocrites, swear to you, to you Muslims, that you may be pleased that you may be pleased with them. But if you are pleased with them, certainly Allah is not pleased with the people who are al-fasikun, rebellious and disobedient to Allah. Kaab further added, the matter the three of us remain pending for decision apart from the case of those who had made excuses on oath before the Messenger of Allah وسلم, and he accepted those, took fresh oaths of allegiance from them and supplicated for their forgiveness. The Prophet وسلم, kept our matter pending until Allah decided it. The three whose matter had was deferred had been shown mercy. The reference here is not to our staying back from the expedition, but to his delaying our matter and keeping it pending beyond the matter of those who made their excuses on oath which he accepted, al-Bukhari and Muslim. This hadith hadith contains many aspects of warnings and advices, some of which are given below. One, a Muslim should always speak the truth, even if, if he has to face troubles and turmoil for it, because the pleasure of Allah lies in the truth. One must avoid at all costs the attitude of the hypocrites, because eventually one is ruined by it. In spite of hardship and stringiness, one must take part in battle. For the admonition and exhortion of others, it gives justification for the economic boycott of even sincere Muslims who adopt wrong methods. 
one must face the forbearance of the difficulties which come in the way of the dean. It is not praiseworthy that one gives in charity all the property he has. One must keep what is needed for lawful for the lawful needs. Seven, it is lawful to give something by way of a gift and reward to a person who congratulates in the events of happiness. Eight, the ability to seek pardon is a gift from Allah for which one must express gratitude to him. And nine, any promise that one makes must be kept, etc., etc. Thoughts. And that was a very long hadith. I was like, I was there. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it was really nice. And uh, so there's two types of people in that story. Yeah. There were the person that, who had the intention, going based on the first um, chapter of the Rada Salahin, of intention, right? Yeah. He had an intention to go and be obedient. And then you have the other ones that were just like, nah. It's like, it's like the one person who messed up on their homework one time. And the other two that have been faking the other person's been faking it the whole time. Right. And I think it's really important to understand that because this is also a proof of how important intention is, is because Allah forgave Cobb. Cobb. Thank you. Cobb. Because his intention was to go. Yeah. He just got distracted. He got distracted and also was the wuswas. And if you yeah. And, and laziness. That's another point that I was going to point out too. Yeah. But if you think about it, let's go back. If you think about it, just in our daily life, I woke up for breakfast, you know, kids jumping, distraction, 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 whatever the case may be, I go to work, distraction, oh, there's a person, distraction, you know, it can easily happen mm-hmm. to us. And so if you think about the obligations that we have on us, yeah, like for example, five daily prayers, you know, women wearing hijab, men dressing, you know, also properly. You know, um, a big test for men right now is wearing, having beard, you know. So in that case, you can kind of just reflect on and that being the same situation that we're going in currently. Just so much distraction, but then with the intention, I have, I'm going to do this, but maybe forgetful. Well, on top know. of that, another thing that's been learned, can be learned from Cobb. Which is, I think, the ultimate, the ultimate piece of the story. I get is that he had the option. He had the option to go up to the prophet and be like, you know, it was something, something, something else, you know, lying, yeah, yeah, lying and saying, but he didn't Mm. because he knew that that's not what Allah would be pleased with. Mm. So, and also, Allah says, always speak the truth, even if it's against you. Yeah. It was, I was also reminded of that. And also in the story, too, is like, subhanAllah, shaitan. Yeah. I would believe in the shaitan regime. Every time he, he wanted to get ready and make preparations and stuff like that, he did nothing. Yeah. And then afterwards, that guy coming to him with the, with the the letter. It was a big I'm trial. sorry. I forget the names. It, so. it, was, a, it was a farmer. Yeah. A farmer from uh, Al-Ghassan. Gave him the note. Yep. <laughs> shaitan, he'll, he'll find... Whatever corner, or whatever, to get in there trying to, to take you away from the straight path. And Inkab ibn Malik was a very important companion, also. He was a scribe for the Prophet. So he saw him. So he saw him. So he wrote the letters and stuff like that. For Maybe him. we can talk about after we get done reading them. 
Marasalahim, we can talk about Shaitan, Aulbim, and Shaitan Rajim's tricks. There's a whole chapter in Sahih Bukhari about Shaitan and his tricks. Oh, I'm sure it's in Riyadh Salih too. Oh, yeah, of course, obviously. So. We we're getting reminders. But I'm just saying that, like, that's really important. Yeah. You know, especially now. Yeah. And then also, I, I reflected on is like, imagining you knowing that your toba was like accepted. Yeah. I got really emotional about that. Yeah. You know? And also, you have to make toba repentance from all sins, big or small. Yeah. And you should not have, you shouldn't be so used to sins. And then being like swiping away fly. I I don't know if that was a statement of one of the sheikhs or if it was a statement of in a hadith. But the companion is whenever they did sin, whether it was big or whether it was small, it felt like a mountain on them. Yeah. So imagine how these three people, who were three companions of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. It was a sign of the day of resurrection. Mumkin. No, I'm going to have to find it. Imagine how they felt knowing that they've committed a sin and they're waiting. And if we read the, when we read the footnote, it was said that Allah had postponed his answer to test them. Yeah. It was to test them. Abdullah Masood, may Allah be pleased with him, said that the believers see his sins as if though he is sitting at the foot of a mountain fearing that it may fall on him, while the sinner sees the sin as though a fly that lands on his nose, he just waves it away. Sahih Bukhari, the Book of Supplications, chapter on Toba. So now we're going to move on to chapter 3, Patience and Perseverance. Qala Allah Ta'ala, Allah the Exalted says, Ya ayyuhal ladhina aminu, uzburu wa sabiru. Al-Imran, Ayat 200, O you who believe, endure and be more patient. وَقَالَ تَعَالَى وَلَا نَبَلُوَنَّكُمْ بِشَيْءٍ مِنِ الْخَوْفِ وَالْجُوعِ وَنَقَصٍ مِنِ الْأَمْوَالِ وَالْأَنفُسِ وَالْثَمَرَاتِ وَبَشِّرِ الصَّابِرِينَ Surah Baqarah, Ayat 155 And certainly we shall test you with something of fear, hunger, loss of wealth, lives and fruits. But give glad tidings to Asabiru and the patient. وَقَالَ تَعَالَى إِنَّمَا يُوَفَّ الصَّابِرُونَ أَجْرَهُمْ بِغَيْرِ حِسَابِ Surah Zumar, Ayah 10 Only those who are patient shall receive the reward in full without reckoning. وَقَالَ تَعَالَى وَلَا مَنْ صَبَرَ وَغَفَرَ إِنَّ ذَلِكَ لَمِنْ عَزْمِ الْعُمُورِ Surah 42, Ayat 43. And verily, whosoever shows patience and forgives, that would truly be from the things as recommended by Allah. وَقَالَ تَعَالَى أَسْتَعِينُوا بِالصَّبْرِ وَالصَّلَاةِ إِنَّ اللَّهَ مَعَ الصَّابِرِينَ Surah Al-Baqarah 153. Seek help in patience and end a salat, the prayer. Truly, Allah is with the sabirun, the patient. Suhaib ibn Sinan radiyallahu anhu reported the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa said 
How wonderful is the case of a believer. There is good for him in everything, and this applies only to a believer. If prosperity attends him, he expresses gratitude to Allah, and that is good for him. And if adversity befalls him, he endures it patiently, and that is better for him. Muslim. In the footnote, a Muslim is required to behave in poverty and prosperity, affluence and hardship, in the manner stated in this hadith, it means that to forget Allah in prosperity rather than being thankful to him for his favor in defiance of his orders. Similarly, it is unbecoming of a Muslim that in troubles and turmoil, rather than being patient, he tends to weeping and crying, grousing and grieving against the will of Allah. Abu Sa'id and Abu Huraira radiallahu anhumah reported that the Messenger of Allah وسلم, said, Never a believer is stricken with a discomfort, an illness, an anxiety, a grief, or mental worry, or even the pricking of a thorn, but that Allah will expiate his sins on account of his patience al-Bukhari in Muslim. This hadith mentions the special grace and mercy of Allah for, his, for the Muslims. It relates how Allah turns the hardships and troubles suffered by the Muslims into means of expiation for his sins. But this is only possible if the believer ex- exercises patience. Any thought? May Allah make it easy for us. <clears throat> Reminders I obstruct from your section of reading it reminds me of calf surah calf and how musa is he goes with um i always mess up his name Qadr? Qadr. Qadr. and he says you know kidder is like you're not gonna have supper with me and musa is he's like yeah i'm i'm you're gonna see me i'm gonna have patience you know i can have patience i can have patience and sometimes it's fully our intention throughout our life and our daily situations that are go- we're going through, you know, our children, our husbands, wives, whatever the situation may be, and we think we're going to have supper. And then we're faced with that situation, and we don't have supper. No. You know? And I pray that Allah grants us supper. It makes us the sabarun. It's very important. Um, in those times of hardship and tests and trials, like uh, another thing that we, we, another reminder from what you read, is that it is a purification, yep. right? But also there is a hikmah, things that we can learn from it. Maybe we can learn not to fall into it. And sometimes maybe the reminder isn't even for you. You may be going through a trial and a hardship, and yes, you're being affected. Yes, you may be, you're being purified. Maybe... Um, it's a form of punishment, but it's an actual hikmah or reminder that you're going through is for the people around you. It also could be a test. Yeah. It'll, it could be a test to see what other people, it, could, maybe it, it may be a trial for you, but it also could be a test to people's reaction to your trial. Right. Or and how they're going to internalize that situation right. that they're reflecting, you know. So subhanAllah, yeah. having suburbs to... to you know, when we react in a emotional way or not saying that we shouldn't or should, um, we're human, right? Perfection is with the law. So we may react 
in an anger or frustrated or sad moment. But in that moment that we're doing that, we can't see, yeah. you know? And so it's really important that we try to stay calm, that we try to have sober, and we try to see what am I supposed to learn from this situation? How can I avoid this situation again? And maybe it is just that Allah just wants to purify you. He wants to raise you in ranks. Maybe humble you. Humble you. You know. And, and another thing is, is that again the the verse in the Malo Surah. That every hardship comes easy. Yeah. Now Allah has promised you. Mm. Allah and never breaks His promise. And He never breaks His promise. Now we are going to go to the du'a of the week. أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم وإذا سألك عبادي عني فإني قريب فإني قريب أجيب دعوة الداعي إذا دعان فليستجيبوا لي وليؤمنوا بي لعلهم يرشدون the Dua of the Week is coming from my handy-dandy little book, Invocations from the Quran and Sunnah. I was about to say notifications. I'm going to go word for word, then I'm going to say it in a sentence. Allahumma akthir mali wa waladi wa barik li fima a'taytani wa Hayati ala ta'atika wa ahsin amali waghfirli. Allahumma akfir mali wa walidi wa barikli fima a'taytani. The last one might be a little bit difficult. A'taytani. A'taytani. أعطيتني وآطل وآطل حياتي على طاعتك Another one that might be a little bit difficult. So we're going to say it three times. طاعتك 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 وأحسن وأحسن عملي وغفلي. Now the last one, it's a و with a سكون on the غين. So it's وغ وغفلي وغفلي. And this means, O oh Allah, increase my wealth and my children and bless all you have given me and give me a long life to worship you and help me to do all that is good and forgive me. I mean, I want to say a kind of touch base, a base, uh, touch base, 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 base. <laughs> touch base regarding us forgetting whether it was a hadith or a saying, maybe from a lecture or something that we listened to. When we don't use it, we lose it. Definitely. And so, again, when. We are reminding you, first and foremost, we're reminding ourselves, you know, and it's so important, again, and, you know, take our example, you know, 
we need to be reminding ourselves with Islam every single day. Mm-hmm. You know, again, distractions, though we have them, they shouldn't be excuses. If we purify our intention, Allah knows whether we're, for example, there. I have an intention to read Quran, but do you really? Allah knows whether you truly have that intention or don't have that intention. And it's not just word of mouth or just like... Also, it goes along with Ramadan or week yeah. two. This is where people start to get kind of... yeah. Tired. But don't get tired. Yeah, don't get tired. Because it's not over yet. Yeah. And what Push I gonna, hard. I was going to say, too, is that in a hadith, or it's a Quran. No, it's a hadith that says that the fasting is in particularly for Allah. Mm. Because only Allah knows your real intention if you're really fasting. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, goes along with intention. It also goes along with what you were saying i lost my point sorry which can happen a lot and here at peaceful wisdom like i said we are here to give reminders and as though we're sitting down having coffee reading a you know a book of benefits taking notes i think you probably can hear me in the background the name of a law of the week is al-ahad Al-Ahad. Al-Ahad, the one, or the unique. Thank you for listening. We really appreciate it. Yeah, we do. And in time, inshallah, inshallah, Allah will grant us, uh, Barakam will be better at this. Yeah. And I thank you so much for your sabr, your patience, you know, and I also want to make the law that may Allah make it easy for us to be sabr-own. May he make it always easy for us to tell the truth. I mean, may he always show us the the bad that we do and and takes the cover off of our eyes. So we be able to ask Allah for forgiveness, so we can be able to change our behavior, protect us from shaitan, protect us from our nafs, protect our family and our children in this dunya and this fitna that's going on right now, I mean, right now and from the men, from you know from before and in the future. Yeah, and in the future. I mean. I mean, I hope that you benefited from our little sit-down, our little reading today. You also can read our blog and also follow us on Instagram for weekly reminders. So until next time, and we hope you tune in next week. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.